on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. What can you do with the new S Pen? Besides speed, what features can you expect with 5G? And Samsung makes clothes now? Taking a look at the chat, let's uh, talk a little bit about security and privacy. Timothy wants to know, do you see a new wave of lawsuits or privacy issues when they put the camera into the S Pen? Uh, someone may have, quote-unquote, forgotten to leave uh, that on in a secret conference room or a call. What kind of detection features might be available, and should we be concerned about another easy-access spy device? Interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that that's a rumor right, right. now. Um, yeah. That's something that we haven't confirmed. What we do know about the S Pen in the Note 9 is that it's Bluetooth-connected. Yep. Um, so right now, you can use it kind of as a remote. So if you want to take a picture, you can click the button, take a picture... Um, you can't really do a whole lot else with it. Um, so I would say it would definitely be sort of a big leap if Samsung were to add a camera. Um, right now, I think they're just sort of using it to connect to the device. Yeah, Brian, I don't know if you want to ask the commenter to clarify, because, um, yeah, the, the idea of adding a camera to an S Pen, just physics alone makes it kind of unlikely, just because the camera modules are, tend to be pretty large. So uh, maybe ask for some clarification. It does have a battery in it now. Right. Um, which does recharge when you go in the phone. Mm. I would say that, you know, Samsung has and other manufacturers didn't have a lot of luck putting cameras in smartwatches. Yep. I would think this would be the last implementation we would see. Yeah, they. I think they were burned by some of the, the, the mocking that they came with that original Galaxy watch with the camera. The quality is very poor. Yeah. You can't really control it well. And I think what Samsung would probably rather do is focus on the cameras that come in the phone. Mm. This is their most premium device, you know, apart from the Fold, apart from, you know, 5G. But right. the Note represents the best of the best that they have to offer. I wouldn't think that Samsung would want to, in any way, appear to degrade that experience with a subpar, you know, camera right. lens right. anywhere on the device. Fair point. I think one of my most uh, vivid memories is Scott Stein running by my office with the Galaxy Watch, or not the Galaxy Watch, the original uh, like how Samsung fast watch. was he running? I mean, he kind of like scooted by, and then he like took a photo with his watch of me. It just felt super creepy. Just, but I still remember that. So thanks, Scott, for that, that lovely memory. Uh, Brian, what else, what else do we got? Uh, it goes without saying, but I'm going to start calling Scott Scooter. Um, the <laughs> next Scott? question, I'm calling him Scooter from here on out, and everyone else should too. I'm, I'm not even playing. Uh, CKT says, based on the 5G conspiracy theories, I keep imagining when the 5G network really fires up to the public, we're all going to end up looking like Jeff Goldblum at the end of the movie The Fly. I just can't help but make a Cronenberg reference because it's my absolute favorite thing of all time. Um, going back to Timothy's question, I think he's just kind of following the rumor mill. I, a lot of people are online just in pockets of chattering and chirping about the idea of putting a camera in the S Pen. I know we know that it's not guaranteed or anything promised there, but it seems like a possible move. Not unlikely, but not absolutely likely. Either. I, would, so I think he's just he's just following the rumor mill there. I would call it unlikely. Yeah. Um based on the reasons that I just mentioned. That doesn't really seem like a progression for Samsung's moves. I think if they're going to focus, if they're going to do anything camera, I think they would maybe punch up the AR camera that we've seen on mm. the Galaxy S10 5G um, and really try to do something with that. I think people are wondering, where's face unlock? I don't think people right. are wondering, where's the camera in an S Pen? Yeah, no, no definitely. I think, also, just, I think I, they're going to bulk up the camera in the device I itself. just want to, yeah. like, where would it go? Because I already accidentally pressed this button too many times. Well, to my point, if, oh, you, so if you look an actual, if you look an actual it, camera like module, it, it won't actually fit in an S Pen right now. Like, physically, I mean, I guess it theoretically could, but it, I don't know, it, it, it'd be difficult and really not practical It'd be a really crappy camera, yeah, too. Yeah, it would so, be a crappy camera. So I just think, you know, 
I mean, we don't know. Samsung could always surprise us, but right. um, I just don't see it happening. Fair enough. You make a, a great point. I was just thinking, like, it's not physically impossible. The technology is considered considerable. It, it's possible. It, again, rumor mill. That's what half the fun is here on the show. Uh, Ryan says, how big can these phones really go? Are we really finally at the max size with the S10 5G and Note 10? No. <laughs> I'm sure it can get it can go even bigger. Well, I mean, let's look at foldable again, right? right? So we've got the screen on the inside of the Galaxy Fold that's 7.3 inches. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Huawei's foldable uh, Mate X. Yep. I keep trying to say I'm so trained with iPhone. I'm like, Mate t- t- X. Yeah, I know. 10. I know. It's the Mate X. Um, and that's even larger, right? So uh, not every foldable phone will have to have a large screen. I mean, this could become a foldable phone. What like really it matters, in, like a clamshell. Yeah, yeah down. Yep. Um, what what really matters is the fact that the screen is uninterrupted. There's mm-hmm. no hinge. There's no separation, and that it bends on itself. And the idea is to give you uninterrupted, a larger surface area of uninterrupted screen that you can use. And we've been searching for. I mean, this is the whole point with the original Galaxy Note. So we've been searching for that tablet phone hybrid mm-hmm. for a really long time. And these are, I think, two sides of the same coin. How do we maximize screen space while still giving you something that you can carry around? I mean, this laptop has pretty good screen space. This right. is, hello? You hard, know, hard to put in your pocket, too. Hard to put in your pocket. Um, and that's what people like about these devices. This is why they became popular, right. is because you can take them with you. They go with you wherever you go. But is there, for taking foldables off the table, how big can these screens get before like we sort of hit like peak massive phone? And I do think that's a fair question. If you're talking about in this form factor, yeah. which does not fold, right? right? Um, a non-foldable phone. Right, because even if it's edge to edge, you know, that is like There's the still gonna be physical limitations, yeah, the screen. absolutely. Um, you know, I do remember there was a phone, I believe it was a Sony phone that was, it, it was something like 6.7, 6.8 inches and it was really big, but there were people who really liked it. There are people, okay. who, there are some people who say, this phone can never get big enough for me. Like it can never get too big. <laughs> and maybe these are people with large hands and large pockets, right? Yes. For me, it can get too big because I'm sitting there trying to like type and walk and then I right. drop it. And like a one-handed thing like, is just, one-handed oh, yeah, navigation is really difficult. got your coffee in one hand yep. and you're walking down the street on your commute and you're like, ugh, you yep. know, it's difficult. Um, one hand in my pocket, the other <laughs> one folding a phone. And I think that some people want the opposite. They want the return to the smaller phone yeah. and a smaller screen, or maybe they'll do both, right? Maybe they've got their larger phone when they want it, and then maybe they kind of secretly wish that they had a little flip phone they just should for all, making They calls. should all buy a Palm phone then. Right. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, I, I do think, though, there are folks who who want the idea of a of a smaller phone but packed with the latest features, right? Like, it's not just Samsung, right? The trend is always bigger phone means all the bells and whistles. Like we, I think folks uh, really want, some folks want a smaller phone, but with the same bells and whistles. You know, in Korea, Samsung and LG have both in the past um, launched Android flip phones mm. that have better cameras, that sure. have updated versions of Android, but they're really for either, you know, for the portability yep. or for the aesthetic or for the nostalgia of having that. And you could really see sort of giving something like that to um, a younger person or maybe even um, just like an, I, I can see, you know, my grandma wanting something like that where she can do 
a few things that she needs to, right. but it's not overly complicated. Doesn't have to learn an entire operating system. And she could fold the clothes uh, to put to sleep. That's kind of nice. There you go. Yeah. Right. So there are certain benefits. Right. Will we go back that way? You know, I said that Samsung changed the phone industry forever by introducing mm-hmm. the note, and that's true. It uh, doesn't mean that somebody won't change it back and we we go in a different direction. Or, um, you know, some people have even predicted the decline of the phone entirely mm. and you're using something else like a head-up display in your glasses or right. a chip implanted in your brain. Well, phone sales are actually on the decline. So, like, we're past the peak. So I think the industry is desperately looking for that next thing. As you said, maybe it's glasses, maybe it's... Maybe everything's in our watch from now on. Yeah, that's kind of stalled know. too, but it yeah. could be interesting to see what the next generation is going to be. It might not be a phone. Right. It might be something else. All right, Brian, what are the questions we've got? All I have to say is everything's a foldable phone if you believe in yourself. Ayaz <laughs> wants to know if Samsung's going to make a push to develop pants with bigger pockets. <laughs> you know what? It's funny you joke about that because Samsung does have a line of clothes in Korea. There is like a Galaxy what? line of suits. The Galaxy suit, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty high end. I know suit Roger too. and I, our eyes just yeah, we're like, we're like, we know this. Yes, yes. <laughs> me, me, me. I've been in the stores. I've looked at the Samsung suits. Well, did you buy one? No, they're too expensive. Are they connected? They were not connected. <laughs> that was, you know what? That was like a couple of years ago. Maybe they are now. Some like high tech material. They all have Bluetooth on them. They're all Bluetooth enabled. LED lights <laughs> for really making an entrance. Well, there's a little S Pen holder here. It's for, no, we can buy one for Scooter Stein. <laughs> oh my God, it's real. Scooter Stein would look. Smashing in a Galaxy. Suit. I did try so. once to change his name to Scotch Stein. Ooh, I liked it. He doesn't drink Scotch though. Yeah. What a waste! I know. <laughs> I can't. I can't seem to find the legit version, but I did find this Halloween costume. <laughs> what? That's pretty good. Wow. That's all that's coming up for Galaxy Suit when I Google. So, uh, I think you, if you can type in Korean, that that'll help you. I'll try it's, looking. It's totally, a, it's a like a Korea only thing. In the uh, in the meantime, let's take another question while I start digging for absolute <laughs> internet gold. Uh, Commander Trium says, "Has anyone been contacted by Capital One yet regarding last week's hack?" I have not. You, but then again, Wait. I didn't. I wasn't applying for a credit card. I haven't like. I haven't done business with Capital One. Right. We definitely have people following this. Um, I. Have also not personally been involved. Yep. Um, so I wish I had a better question. Well, I wish I had a better answer to the question on that one. But we do have guides on CNET on what to do if you have been affected. So definitely check us out there. And also how to protect yourself from scams. There are mm-hmm. a lot of scamming sites yep. out there. Um, so there's some guidance from Capital One um, uh, on how to avoid them. Um, also from the FCC for the Equifax data breach Um Avoiding people who are just trying to prey on your vulnerability right. um, by trying to elicit even more information out of you in a way that could further compromise, you know, your already precarious situation. Um, yep. So don't give people your credit card information online, first of all. Or, it, or any information, <laughs> or generally. Or any information. Yeah. yeah. Don't but trust I say anybody. online. I meant over the phone, especially. But, um, but also online, you know. Um, just be careful out there. Yeah. Don't click links. Just be paranoid. That's what we Enter are. the URL yourself. Talking 5G, uh, when we say 5G in New York, we're specifying Manhattan, correct? Uh, I, you know what? It's not 100% clear because the, the networks are, uh, AT&T hasn't really disclosed where the actual networks are within the city. So they could be in Brooklyn or Queens. We don't actually know. Um, and for, from what I understand, it's really just what's known as millimeter wave uh, 5G spectrum, power, five, sorry, 
millimeter wave spectrum powered 5G. So this is sort of like that super fast connection, but really limited range. So you're looking at like a block of coverage. Yeah. So uh, we've done 5G tests all over the world now, the broader CNET team. Yep. Um, I've done a couple of myself and um, I did them with Verizon in Chicago. And it, it's really just like an intersection here, an intersection yeah. there. Yeah. It's really patchy. And the idea is let's plant the flag now and mm -hmm. then we can kind of grow around it and create this sort of like central area that has this really super fast form of 5G. And then the next band out will yeah. have a different kind of 5G um, that's got longer waves. It's a little bit slower, but still faster than 4G. S still really fast, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another sort of area of the target that's got maybe Even the wider. fastest kind of 4G, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so, you know, the days where we all have the fastest possible 5G wherever we go, those aren't here yet. Yeah. And I, from what I gather, you know, they're still looking to launch sort of that, that broader spectrum of 5G that's not quite as fast as what we're getting right now, but better coverage. Uh, and that's probably when we'll see it uh, launch for consumers. AT&T still says that they do intend to launch the service this year. Just we don't know when. Well, it could also be an AT&T tactic because when you look at these phones... And the chips that they have in them already. Yeah. Um, so the S10 5G has this 5G chip, obviously, um, but it's really tuned to each individual carrier. So you right. can't take it to a different carrier, and you can't even use other spectrum. Yeah, it's it's really it. tuned. Right now, it's only available. It's only able to tap into that millimeter wave spectrum we've been talking about. That's really limited, uh, as well as the Sprint spectrum. Though. Yeah, L uh, LG. That's a different. Right. Um, but once these lower band spectrum uh, turned on, get turned on, these phones that are out in the market now won't be able to top, tap into those networks. So they're, they're, they're not really feature-proof devices. No, they're yeah. not great. We wouldn't really recommend much the opposite of feature-proof devices. Right, and so Qualcomm's already working on future chips to yep. make these phones thinner, lighter, or just more battery efficient, mm -hmm. and also able to tap into future networks. Yep. But it still might be the very, you know, the third generation I just have a feeling that's going to be the generation. I think prices might come down. There might be more variety. Yeah. And more importantly, I think the 5G experience could be better. Of course, we haven't tested any of this. This is just a hypothesis at this right. point. Um, but it, it's it, in that vein, it's interesting what OnePlus is doing with a 5G phone. You know, these companies are still putting it out there. Mm -hmm. So in the at the end of the day, it might be that AT&T's strategy winds up being the best, where they wait and then introduce sort of like a better 5G phone right. to consumers. Right. With a service that's a lot broader than really what's exactly. available right now. And yeah. with OnePlus, I wonder, like, it just seems like they're trying to get on the board. Like, aha, we're finally in the U.S. We have a partner. Right. So, Let's I mean, expand. OnePlus obviously already works with T-Mobile. I think it's interesting that their, their new partner is Sprint. Given that T-Mobile and Sprint are going to get together, that's probably why they're going with Sprint. Since generally, if you go with Sprint uh, as your exclusive partner, like, you're almost... Not guarantee for failure, but like it, it really, it's it's tough to succeed with just Sprint carrier. But if you've got T-Mobile backing in a few months, or well, whatever. traditionally OnePlus would never even go on Sprint because right. of the different networks. Right, right, right? that's true. So yeah. OnePlus is GSM. So I mean, yeah, having to create an entire that doesn't matter different... as much anymore. But right. they would still you you can't buy a phone that works on AT&T and T-Mobile and expect for it to work on Verizon and Sprint. Um, there's a lot that these carriers do to optimize and, and lock down phones for their network. Although with the OnePlus 6 
NXT last year, I believe that one was certified for Verizon. That was the first so, time they certified. It yeah, wasn't like so officially certified. Certification but it could is run different. On, it right. could run on Verizon's network. Okay, kind of like the way that OnePlus is certified waterproof, even though they haven't done the tests. A lot of this is well, testing. It's not, but it's, they've already said it's not certified waterproof at all. So. It's paying for the tests as yeah. well. It's paying for that certification. So there are cheaper ways that you can do it. Sprint has a certification program also. Mm-hmm. That is separate than um, than going through their long, involved, and very expensive tests. Right, but from so what for I understand, sure what, but, the partnership is the reason why they're doing this. Yeah, but from what I understand, like what this, what's happening with this partnership is OnePlus going through the full certif- certification program with Sprint, with, whereas with Verizon, to your point, uh, it was certified for the network, but not like certified to the level of like officially sold by Verizon. It was more like it'll work on Verizon network, kind of mostly. So, all right, Brian, any other questions? Yeah, uh, first, before we, we've got a couple more questions. We should really try to get through these. We're, we're going long today. and uh, <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah. No, no, we, we started late, too, so there's it's that. It's true. Uh, but first, I found the suit. Oh. Samsung Smart Suit Solar Bag and Golf Shirt. Snappy. I think mean, it looks nice. It's like a Jonas Brother. Does he? Jo- I feel like the Jonas Brothers don't wear suits, right? Hey, we're not. trying to get through questions here. Sorry, let's go to some <laughs> So, yeah. Let's get to some questions. To get to some real questions, uh, Timothy asks, do you see Google and Apple's network security team attending Black Hat and DEF CON to try to offer them jobs? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't really know. I mean, I imagine uh, partly why Apple's there is to reach out to the security community, the, the, the hacker community, to see, like, to basically utilize their skills to figure out their vulnerabilities in their system. As for Google, I don't, I don't know if they're even there. Uh, unfortunately, Alfred would know the answer, but he's traveling. Do we know what he's actually up to on the floor out there? Alfred is. What? Yeah. What's he going to be? Well, he's uh, got his Nintendo at? Switch. He's, yeah, he's so. got his Switch, so he's going to be challenging people to Smash. Apparently, <laughs> uh, that's no. He's going to be hanging out with hackers. There's, he's got a lot of uh, stories planned out. We do believe that the, you know a- Apple is going to be there. Um, and if the Forbes report is right, he'll be there to cover that as well. So uh, there's plenty going on on the security front, and, and Alfred will be on top of all of it. I'm concerned about him coming back and being an expert hacker and like ruining all of our lives. Uh, okay, CKT says, if, if Google is adding or copying Apple with their Google Play $5 uh, memberships, do you think Google will also make a credit card? Mm. Right. Um, ben looked into this. Yep. Um, so... Apple's Play is interesting because you can only use Apple Card on the iPhone. This reinforces Apple's desire to maintain its walled garden and its ecosystem. That's not philosophically what Android and Google are about. So for that reason alone, I would say probably not, or at least not yet. Right. So there you go. They do have, I mean, there's Android Pay, but it's really not what Apple's trying to do here. To your point, like Apple's really just trying to lock you in. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if like it's the best credit card to I, use I, from a cash back perspective, but no, that's just me. I mean, how how many Apple products do you want to buy? Yeah. So the Apple Cash really only works for Apple things right. and the Apple ecosystem. And maybe that's fine if you want to buy an app or some music or put it toward you know a future device. Um, but you, I don't, Google just doesn't really have that yet. Yeah. I mean, you you for sure have the home devices, um, but I sort of feel like Google's interest is really with with the software side of things, it's with AI, mm-hmm. it's with search, um, back to AI again with Assistant, right? That's what Google is trying to push. It wants to get everywhere. It doesn't necessarily want to lock you in. It wants to spread itself out. Right. That said, I don't know, maybe Apple's, the Apple card becomes a smash hit and like every other company just decides to do it too because 
We've seen it happen. It's before. the thing to do. Well, Apple invented credit cards, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Any last questions, Brian? Courage. Uh, if the folding phone is back, when will the sliding phone make a comeback? Ooh, sliding phone. Oh, I miss those. I, I miss those too. Uh, nice. the, the, see, these phones are all right, but like, I think the reason that I like the S Pen, I think the reason we like sliding and folding things it's is fidget because aspect they're tactile. To it. Yeah, yeah, you know? spinner phone. You really connect with it in a physical way. That's really different, and that's what I noticed with the fold. You know, I'd seen it, I'd seen the pictures, I'd seen the videos, but the first time that I actually like Samsung made this like amazing experience with a light box and everything, and take the lid off, and yes, you can pick it up, and I picked it up, and the first thing I did was. <laughs> <laughs> And it just, it feels different. Like you have this different connection mm. that sounds really esoteric, right. possibly a little new agey tree huggery, but it's so true when you get it in your hands and you open it and you close it and you feel the magnets clacking together. Right. And right. You did the same with the Huawei Mate, Mate X. X. Yeah. And what did you think? Do you agree? Yeah, it was, the, I mean, just the niftiness of it, the screen, it, there was just something, it wasn't just tactile, that was a big part of it, but like the visual of seeing it kind of fold in on itself and like not break because the first time you do it you're like is this gonna snap or something and then it works and then it just works and it yeah two thousand dollar slap bracelet slap bracelet phone absolutely something we've seen in prototype before from lenovo several years ago they called it the c plus you could never slap it it was more like put it it there and then like i like it brian though snap bracelet phones for your wrists all right final watches Final thoughts on 5G uh, with the network coming. And obviously we said it's not available to the public yet. Obviously speed is a big boost, but any other features or perks or extras that we see coming hand in hand with a 5G network um, that at least here in New York. Uh, well, here in New York, I mean, it, the benefits are going to be the same everywhere. I don't think it's going to be unique to New York, but like latency is obviously the biggest other benefit of 5G. You know, Which means... Latency is the responsiveness of a network when you basically, when you push a button or you, you go in the browser, like the time it takes for you to, the phone to ping the network and get a response back gets dropped down to, you know, 0.1 milliseconds or something. So basically, in theory, yes. In theory. So like the idea is it's as near real time as possible. And that's really good for things like uh, remote surgery when you need precise controls, cars that are talking to each other uh, and being able to kind of get out of each other's way. Um, that I think that's actually, frankly, that's probably the bigger benefit of 5G. Really, speed's great, and um, that's that's always nice. But the responsiveness of the network really changes how we can do things wirelessly. Yeah, I think that's something we're not going to see. Like ordinary people aren't really going to see it, and we're yeah. not going to see any of this for a long time because the networks just aren't there yet. Right. First of all, and because these are expensive, um, they're massive undertakings that companies and entire industries have to prepare for. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the carriers are trying to do now. It will be a huge, huge revenue stream for them as well. Um, but the assuming it all works to plan, uh, the benefits to ordinary people could be huge. We just might not see them right away. So it is really futuristic with self-driving cars. I mean, those are happening. We see them on the road, right. um, but in test form, right? Um, but the idea is that uh, you're going to have all of these devices and these lights, the whole infrastructure talking to each other mm-hmm. so that things will become more efficient. If there's a problem, you'll get pinged immediately. You'll be able to get there. I think that we'll see this kind of thing happen first for industries and infrastructures that already use 4G. Mm. Um, so, for example, first responders. Um, there are some first responding uh, precincts. I don't know if that's even the right term that use 4G to run their like um, 
distribution or dispatch. That's what it's called. Absolutely. To yeah. run dispatch. So imagine that they've got 5G. You can just maybe get through the queue a little bit faster. You can respond. Um, you can get the inputs and hopefully save more lives. I mean, the firefighters in California, that was the whole deal, right? They were using Verizon's 4G network to communicate and then they got throttled by Verizon. That was the whole controversy there. But the, the idea being, to your point, like Verizon, uh, AT&T, all these guys, they, they provide a lot of the network, the, the critical network infrastructure for a lot of these first responders to communicate, to coordinate, to do all this stuff. Uh, and it goes beyond just dispatch. Like it's like, it's, it's the, using the data to actually figure out where to fight the fires, where to respond to crime scenes. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot. 5G is not just about phone speeds. It's so much more. Uh, that's why I'm super excited about it and love talking about it, even though Brian hates me talking about it. Because it's not a visual medium and I can't get B-roll for it. Sorry, man. But we are out of time. We have to wrap up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Sorry again about the technical issues at the top of the show. Appreciate your patience. Uh, Won't happen again, I promise. Uh, God is my witness. God rest his soul. Yada, 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 yada. But we're out of here. Thanks, everybody. Roger. Yeah, that's that's not true. He's totally going to make another mistake. Thank you again for joining us. Tag us online. Let us know what you want to see on the show. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. And I'm Jessica Dahlcourt. Thanks for listening and watching.